Hey guys, before we jump into this episode, I just want you to know you'll be hearing your guest today kind of cut in and cut out or dip in volume really awkwardly, and that was just because this interview was done over phone, um, but that's the only reason. I'm not going to edit any of it out, really, just so you guys can get a little bit better connection with the podcast and see that it's more of a get-to-know-someone type of deal more than it is, let's make this super overproduced but without further ado let's jump into the second episode hello and welcome to the second episode of the locals only bra podcast brought to you by sound of hope recordings where you bring the music we bring the hope well welcome back guys it's me your host albie today i have with me a really special guest who's one of my good friends aaron seplavuda Pretty sure I butchered the last name, but he'll pronounce it correctly for you. He has been in the Albuquerque local music scene for a few years now. He's been producing for even longer than that he's been in the music scene here. So without further ado, let's welcome Aaron. Hey, dude. Hey, what's up? Nothing much, man. Just hanging out. What are you up to? Sweet. Um, You know, I've just been, uh, been working you and and, uh doing stuff well so people can get to know you a little bit better can you tell us about how you started doing music production uh yeah absolutely um i started when i was 13 damn that's super uh, early yeah and how i got started was actually with rap music what a huge turn of events, like going from rap to something like gent and metalcore. Yeah, it's kind of a wild ride that I've been on, but uh, yeah, I started, I was in a rap group, and I uh, we needed somebody to make beats, so I, I started trying out a few couple dogs, and uh, I got Fruity Loops. And I started making beats from there for my crew. And I just kept at it and tried a couple of other dolls. Um, Then I started messing around with mics and micing stuff up. And that's how I kind of got more into uh, rock and metal because I also had played guitar and... Uh, my you know, guitar stuff is always fun, and yeah, that's that's how I uh, got into like metal and stuff because I really like the uh, the productions. That's super funny though that you said you got started on Fruity Loops because way back when in high school when I first gave producing an attempt, I actually started on a cracked version of Fruity Loops that I got from like Pirate Bay. <laughs> Fruity Loops, it's pretty, pretty simple, though. It's so simple, but it's so terrible in some ways. Yeah. Well, for those of, like, for the viewers who don't know, Aaron's actually in two bands right now, plus working at Sound of Hope Recordings, plus working an actual job. How do you manage your time, dude? Well, I'm actually in three bands, but, uh, um... Basically, I don't know. I just kind of 
it, it fuels me, the music. The full time, it drains me, but you got to do what you got to do in order to do what you want to do. And so that's why I do it. So what are the three and, bands that you're in then? Because I only know of two. Well, come on, man. You're the interviewer. Tell me what bands I'm in. Well, one of them, Call It Quits. The other is the newly revived On Your Doorstep. I don't know the third. The third is my uh, progressive metal band. It's called Conveyance. And uh, we do the gents. You do the gents? Yes. Well, We're pretty tall. Any of those bands actually have music out yet where people can go and give you guys a listen? So what you're saying is we're going to have to bring you back on every single time one of those bands releases a new track then. Yeah, you know, maybe. Well, dude, I'm I'm down if you are, because I always love talking to you. Yes, it's always a pleasure talking to you. You're my bestie. Samesies. So for any young producer starting out, what would you recommend to them? Because I know in the first episode of this podcast, I mentioned Nail the Mix because, you know, great deal for only 20 bucks. You get a load of information that you can't find anywhere else. Um, but besides Nail the Mix, what would you recommend for someone starting out? Besides Nail the Mix, which is very good, um, I recommend YouTube. Uh, I learned a lot through YouTube, watching videos. I learned how to program MIDI through YouTube. I learned how to learn how to, I learned how basically do everything I learned in a doll on YouTube. I, I didn't have like anybody else to like be like, hey, teach me this doll. Just learned it all on YouTube. I also learned guitar from YouTube. So. Dude, YouTube is honestly right. just amazing. I mean, I'm paying $3,000 in tuition per, for, per semester over at the college I'm going to. And I'm learning yeah. more from YouTube than I am from sitting in those classes, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's definitely... YouTube is probably, like, the greatest thing ever. I owe my life to it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure half of our generation does. But, yep, um, other than that, um, trial and error, trying to do it yourself and then just messing up and being shit. I was real, real shitty for a long time. Like, I know I said I did about 13, so I did it. Probably, I would consider myself doing it successfully since I was, like, 18. Like, I did a lot of shitty recordings, but... Yep, now, now I think I'm... I got a pretty solid workflow. I should have actually mentioned this when I was introducing you into the show, but for those of you who don't know, in the first episode, I said I started up my production company with my friend named Aaron. Well, this is the Aaron I'm actually talking about. So, should have put that into the intro. Yeah. So I gave my little story about how we started Sound of Hope recordings from my perspective, but can you describe it from your perspective for the viewers? Um, I just remember like you talking about how you wanted to have your own production company, 
And I have been in previous production companies. Uh, some of them I won't name. <laughs> For obvious reasons, you know. But, uh, yeah. But, um... Yeah, so I, I had done it before, and I was just like, oh, well, you know, somebody had given me a chance and let me join their company. Um, it would be cool to start one with this guy. He seems really, like, he really wants to do it. He wants to be the real deal, and I, I don't know. I kind of just believed me, so I was like, yeah, let's do this. Oh, then, thank you, man. That means a lot that you believed in me, because I sure didn't believe in myself, that's for sure. Well, how about now, though? I'm still terrible. No, you pro you progressed pretty pretty damn. Yeah, man, like, it's it's been a slow a struggle, lot. but it's it's been getting there, which I'm super happy about, though. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely super proud of you. Oh, thanks, man. And uh, I've even gotten better as well, like. I used to think I was the shit, but <laughs> now I know that I'm still learning too, and yeah, so it's like um, like you teach me in certain ways too. So oh, that's cool. Real quick, I want to ask this question because you saying that rang a bell. One of our previous conversations way back. God, it must have been months ago. You were saying when you started out, you kind of made some wrong moves. So what is the wrong direction for producers to go down when they're first starting? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think I kind of made the wrong moves, and I just, just I didn't study. I just tried to do it. But like I said, trial and error. Um, so what I used to do a lot was, I didn't face check microphones. Um, I I used to try to use a Behringer mixer as an interface. Um, yeah, just like things like that. Like I I could have studied that stuff and learned it. Um, not putting new guitar strings or new bass strings. Not putting new drum heads on drums. Not I didn't even know how to tune drums. Uh, just stuff like that. So Great pretty much, thing. just don't be ignorant. Do your research if you're going to get into something. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like being ignorant either. I think it's just not too many people teach you about that kind of stuff. And that's probably what recording schools are actually good for. They probably teach you all that stuff. But when you do it yourself, you got to go the extra mile and just figure it out. And that's what's cool about things like Creative Live or Nilla Mix, because they'll, they'll inform you about that stuff. So that's actually pretty funny to bring up, um, recording schools like, you know, um, Full Sail University and stuff like that. You and me are, I, w I don't know if the term self-taught fits, because, I mean, we're both members of Nail the Mix. So, I mean, we have Joey Sturgis, A.L. Levy, Joel Wanisak, and all the amazing producers they bring on every month to help teach us. But when we both first started, we were self-taught. So would you, what's your view on the whole, you know, going to school for a mixing engineering degree or audio engineering degree? Um, well, you know, I think maybe five to ten years ago, it would have been like a necessary thing for you to do. Um, like, especially if you wanted to work at studios or work with bands. 
like everybody wants to see that diploma, or not diploma, but you know what I mean. Yeah, degree. <laughs> yeah, they want to see your degree, that piece of paper. And, but now, like pretty much you can just show somebody like the actual product and you could show them what you could bring to the table. And most people are willing to listen, especially since um, it's definitely not the cheapest thing to hire on a producer or an engineer, but it's not as much as it used to be. But uh, yeah, so I, I think that people are more willing to to see what else is out there rather than just be like, oh yeah, he went to Berkeley, let me hire that guy. <laughs> so at this point, I think the whole um, like going to like recording schools or something like that. I think that that's kind of, it's kind of becoming like less of a necessity. And especially if you're in like groups like Mel the Mix, I think that, uh, you could really prove yourself with like those professional stems. Um, like for example, my buddy Taylor, our buddy Taylor, when he won that one month, that Kyle Black month, he won first place. That was, like, pretty impressive. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, like, man. That blew really my mind well. when I found that out. And I was talking. I was like, wait, are you the same Taylor that won, um, you know, the state champs month? And when he said, yeah, it was like, I felt like I was talking, you know, like a Joey Sturgis type of guy. Yeah, no, that's definitely, like, I feel like that's definitely, like, uh, like the the ultimate seal of approval, especially by all the talented producers that had like voted for him, and they thought his mix was the best. Which I I thought his mix was the best too. To be honest, don't tell Taylor this, but he'll probably hear it because I think he subscribed. But I actually haven't heard that mix of his. Damn. All right. Well, you need to check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely have to go check it out. So, since you're in three bands, can you give us a little spew about each one? I mean, it doesn't have to be super in-depth, because when you guys release music, we'll either have you come back on, or one of your bandmates, or you and a bandmate come back on. So, for each band, can you give us like a little spew about what you guys are all about? Um, well, I'm in each of those bands for a reason. Um, I'm in Call It Quits because I, I write a lot of pop punk stuff, and I try to voice that stuff out, but I wasn't really able to do it by myself because I didn't, I don't listen to a lot of pop punk, and I don't, like, uh, didn't really have a grasp on how to write complete pop punk songs. So I, I joined that band to try to work with other pop punk musicians and see how it can all like be put together and see what we can like accomplish together. And uh, it's coming out pretty great. I'm really proud of what uh, that band has become in a short amount of time. And we actually have a show on April 8th if anybody wants to go check it out. It'll be pretty dope. I don't remember. Real quick, I'm going to cut you off. You're super quiet right now can you speak up a little bit all right what was the last thing you heard to be honest i don't even remember dude <laughs> um you were saying 
when you're in call it quits like how you joined because you couldn't do a pop punk by yourself because you don't listen to a lot of it yeah so i don't listen to a lot of it and i didn't really have a a grasp on how to write pop punk like songs as a like a because some people that do know me I, i do write a lot of the songs just by myself for some of my other projects but um for this one I didn't really know how a pop punk was supposed to sound like when it's completed or I didn't know like how drummers play pop punk or how bassists play pop punk so I I joined the band to get a grasp on how it all formulates and um like I've just grown really proud of what we've become in such a short amount of time it's like one of the funnest things ever and all the dudes in the band are really really cool people and so that's why i joined that just so i could voice those pop punk riffs that i was writing for all those years but um and for on your doorstep the reason why i joined on your doorstep was simply because they had asked me like hey um, and I had been asked before to be in On Your Doorstep, but I was kind of like super prideful about my other band, so I was like, nah. But I always regretted it. And then I, I got asked again, and I wasn't in those other bands, so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. But they kind of tricked me because they said that I was just going to play it, a, a show with them, and it was just going to be for fun. And then, like, they kind of they kind of snuck in that the band was just going to be a band again, and they didn't tell me. So I just kind of got dragged into that. But it was really awesome that I got dragged into that because On Your Doorstep is, like, one of my favorite bands. And I used to pay to see them, and now I have to sell tickets to play with them. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, for the viewers who don't know, here in Albuquerque, on Your Doorstep was actually a huge band in our scene. They were, you know, selling out every show that they were playing, selling all their tickets. But for whatever reason that I don't know of, they kind of just fell off the face of the earth. They broke up, like, right after they released a music video. And then one day I got a text from Aaron saying, Hey, I'm in On Your Doorstep. And that's how I found out that, that On Your Doorstep was actually going to be a band again. So... Just a little background on when he said that the band was getting back together. Anyway, um, so what about Conveyance? What is that whole band about? Because you said you guys do the gents. Yeah, we do the gents and the progs and the thals. Um, basically, we just play a bunch of zeros, and it's just me and my friends. And You guys don't throw in a one recorded? sometimes? What? You guys don't throw in a one sometimes? You know what? We might. What about a Ben? I mean, Ben's are taking over the scene, man. Haven't you seen those Jared Dine videos? Just bam, bam. Yeah. No, I have seen those, and I'm, I don't know if I could play that stuff. It's a little complex. <laughs> but uh, I definitely do a lot of 15 pull-off 12s. <laughs> Shout out to Joel Wanasek for teaching me the importance of the 15 pull-off 12. Oh, that's great, dude. I love that. But, 
Yeah. And basically, that band is just to voice my, like my metal, my metal riffs, and uh, just try to get all my my angst out of me. And the melodicness. Uh, like that band's not a super brutal band. It's more based on like melodic riffs, but that's what I like. Like I like a lot of bands like Periphery and Kill Switch Engage and basically I'd say my riffs are just like a combination of those two bands. As far as for conveyance goes. So both two of the three bands are pop punk. One of them's Metalcore slash gent slash prog. So out of I hate to put this on your shoulder because I know all of your bandmates are going to hate you, but what's your favorite band to play in? My favorite band to play in... Uh, it kind of varies, I guess, how much I hate the band members. <laughs> I'm just a hateful person. But, uh, uh I don't know. Uh, this week, I would say Call It Quits is kind of super fun to play in. Um, but that, that'll change. It'll keep changing. <laughs> Somebody will piss me off. So can we expect music from any of these bands anytime soon? I don't want to have any release dates out, but um, definitely Call It Quits is writing our EP right now. And we've already recorded some of it. And that'll probably be the first thing to be released. Um, with Conveyance... It's kind of hard writing with conveyance because, I don't know, I just feel like nothing's ever good enough to be released. But we'll see, because I've been cracking down on being too technical than, than it should be. But uh, I, I think On Your Doorstep might release something, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say and there's definitely no set time for that. I know so. people in the ABQ scene would love to see some more on your doorstep, though. I mean, that music video was killer. Yeah, it was. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, damn, I should have joined that band. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, when I was still in Kairos, I did, we had never played a show with On Your Doorstep because, you know, we were metalcore slash jant Well, On Your Doorstep was pop punk, so it wouldn't really make sense yeah. to be on the same bill. But one day I was sitting in Drew's room. Um, I don't remember if it, like if we were writing something new or if we were writing the single for our our own music video at the time. But he was like, "Hey man, check out this local band on your doorstep. They just released a music video today," and he showed it to me, and it just blew me away. Yeah, I remember. Um, I think it was like my introduction to the scene. Actually, I I saw on your doorstep way back when. When Jared longed earlier. Actually, now that you said your introduction to the scene, let's talk about that. I mean, I know you were in a band, God, X amount of years ago that was actually one of the bigger bands here in our scene. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, just like the name of the band, um, just your actual like introduction to the Albuquerque music scene. Yeah, okay, so this is how I got introduced to the music scene. Um, 
and I'll, I'll fade into that band. But what happened was I, I moved down to Albuquerque, and I came here. I was a high school dropout, so I came here without a diploma or a driver's license or anything. And I went to a trade school called Job Corps, and they had a music room there, and they had, like, they had a little setup where you could, like, jam and stuff, and I was just jamming in there by myself, and then uh, this guy came in by the name of Jose, and he was a drummer, and I guess he played bass, too. He came and jammed with me, and he was like, dude, you gotta meet my friend, and I was like, all right, and then, so, <laughs> it kind of just happened like that, and then I was like, okay, and then, so I went to his house, like, I want to say, like, a week later, and that's when he introduced me to my dear soulmate, Aaron, Aaron Flores, who is, like, when we met each other, it was, like, weird, because our names are both Aaron, we both had the same guitar cabs, we both played the same type of guitars, we both had the same guitar tuning, and it was just really weird. We are both wearing, like, black denim jackets when we met, too. Dude, that <laughs> is super weird. I mean, like, that's great, but, like, that's... Like, what are the chances? Yeah, and then, like, me and him just kind of... We played, like, the same type of style and everything, and we just clicked, and... Uh, I've, I've just been in bands ever since I met him. We were in a band with that guy, Jose. It was called Legend of the Narwhal, which... I did not choose that name, but, uh... <laughs> Dude, all I picture when you say that is the first album from I Set My Friends on Fire. They just have that narwhal, like, swimming in intestines. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I did not choose that name. But anyway, um... So, in that band, uh, we didn't really do too much in that band, but we just jammed. Sense senseless jamming, which was really good for for the health back then. But, um, and then Aaron was in this other band called Beneath This Moon, and he was like, hey, dude, we have a show coming up, check out the band, and maybe possibly come down and see us. And I was like, all right, who's on the bill? And he was like, Darkness Divided is headlining, and I was like, oh, dude, I love that band, and I've never seen it before, so I'll definitely go through. Hey man, uh, you're cutting out again, like super quiet. The last thing that was loud was Darkness Divided. Alright, so yeah. Uh, he was like, yeah, Darkness Divided's headlining that show. And I was like, hell yeah, I love that band and I've never seen them before. So I'm totally down. And so I liked, uh, I liked Aaron's band page, which was, the band was called Beneath This Moon. So I liked the band page, and then I noticed uh, they posted like a video of their practice, and I noticed that the the other guitarist was using like a, uh, one of those thirty watt line six combos. Oh, dude, line six, <laughs> the, the old, I, as Glenn Fricker would say, complete shit. Yeah, no, and they were gonna play with that, and I was like, hey, dude, if you just give me two tickets, I'll let you use my half stack. And then they were like, yeah, that's we'll we'll, we'll do that deal. So I got free tickets to that show. Um, the other guitarist ended up not showing up anyway, so I just kind of got free tickets. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I saw Beneath This Moon play, and they were pretty sick. And especially um, 
Yeah, Aaron was shredding that day, I remember. And then I screamed, and I was like, take off your shirt, and then he took it off, and it was gross. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's how I, I met Beneath This Moon, and then um, I had done, like, a demo with Aaron for our other band, and then the vocalist of Beneath This Moon, he was like, hey, you did that one demo, right? And I was all, yeah. And he was all, nice, it sounded good. And then uh, I think it was Aaron, he was like, hey, dude, do you want to record us? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And then so I went to Aaron's house, and then we were recording. And he was just like, hey, do you just want to join the band? And I was like, yeah, sure. Because I hadn't been in a band that was gigging for like four years prior to that. So I was like, yeah, definitely. And uh, um, the rest is kind of local history. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that know Beneath the Moon, I'm, I'm sure you remember how wild the shows would get and the after parties and all that stuff. Yeah, man. Well, that's awesome because, I mean, Beneath This Moon really took over our scene for, what, a good two, three years? And I wouldn't say that. Probably, I don't know. But I, I wasn't really around the whole time that Beneath This Moon was in the scene because I got hurt. I guess they've been in the scene for a long time, like back when the co-op was called Amped. Ah, uh, dude, Amped is awesome. I remember that. That in, um, what was that other venue that I played at? Gasworks. Yeah, see, I, I was I was too fresh. I, I didn't get to see all those stuffs. Dude, Gasworks, like, it was cool, you know, for a local band type of setting, but... When I was in Agony Before Defeat, we played there, and we were opening up for, for a band from, where are they from? Arizona. And their name was Cold-Blooded Theory. We were opening up for them there, and, you know, like I said, it's cool for local bands, not good for regional touring bands like that, because it was literally like a storage shed, is what it reminded me of. Super small room, um, the sound booth was in such a terrible spot, anytime someone would mosh, they would literally knock over the sound booth. Yeah, I've definitely played some venues like that before. I don't know, man. I mean, like, my foot went through the stage. <laughs> like, I went down for a stomp during a breakdown, and my foot went through the stage. Dude, you gotta take it easy on that stomping thing. <laughs> so you you said you recorded Beneath This Moon when you before you were actually in the band. Is there anywhere that viewers can actually find the Beneath This Moon, I don't know, was it a demo, EP? You'll never hear any of it. That's all I can say. I, I, that's like one of the reasons why people hate me is because I'll never release anything that I like won't affiliate myself with anymore or if I think it doesn't sound good. I, I kind of just let it die down and I don't like... You, I might show you something, but to be honest, I think we have, like, probably one song recorded, and, like, all the stems for that are gone at this point. So, say a local, or not even a local band, just say a band comes into Sound of Hope Recordings, and they want you to mix their stuff, or produce it, or record it, whatever, and, well, let's just face it, nowadays, some musicians aren't the best, 
say you get that band that's you know not the best would you still work with them and help them release their music since you said you don't affiliate yourself with subpar material I won't record them, but I just meant it like things like uh, with, if something controversial happens to that band, you know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense because I I know the story with Beneath This Moon, so makes total sense. Yeah. Same thing with the last production company I worked for, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Actually, now that we're getting back to production again, um... Besides being on Nail the Mix and stuff, what other... F I mean, forums are a huge help for multiple things. I mean, they're even huge for fan groups like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and stuff like that. Are there any oh, forums yeah. that people could join for productions? For productions? Um, there's millions of them. Now, the ones that I'm a part of are probably... Hang on, you're getting super uh, quiet again there, buddy. Alright, what was the last thing you heard? <laughs> uh, the ones I'm part of. Okay, so yeah. Um, some of the forums you might see me active or have been active in the past, and a lot of my friends I've actually met through them, would be the, the Andy Sneap Forum, the Chango Forum, and the Joey Sturgis Forum. Um... I was pretty active in all those. I met a lot of people that I know in the industry today through those forums. Um, they're definitely very good for marketing. They're definitely very good for learning stuff. Uh, maybe not Chango anymore, but it used to be back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good now old Chango. Kind of just, yeah, now it's kind of just a place for memes, but it's still pretty cool for that. Yeah, I mean, there's actually some really good production memes on the Chango, so if you ever need a good laugh and you're super into audio production, go check out Chango for a good laugh. Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely cool because a lot of forums won't let that shit fly, but Chango's just like, fuck it. <laughs> oh, that's great, dude. Like, I don't know. I have my love-hate relationship with Chango. What's your love-hate relationship like with Chango? Well, when I first started, I went to Chango, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, hoping, oh, you know, every <laughs> like I'm going to learn so much from this little forum here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all, all I saw yeah. was memes and rudeness. You were a little late to the party. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, I was just, what, two, three years late? Maybe 2014. But, yeah, I, I joined it back in 2012, and I think it was 2012. I don't know. Maybe it was 2013. Yeah, it was 2013. Yeah, so it definitely died down in 2014, and it just became a meme forum. So I'm actually looking on Facebook now at the Joey Sturgis forum. And they actually changed their name to Joey Sturgis Tones Forum. So, I mean, if you want to join that one, just know that the name got changed to Joey Sturgis Tones Forum. Yeah. Make sure that you monitor what you post in there because I've, I've got banned from that forum twice. 
and it's not easy to get back in. <laughs> oh yeah, so like Aaron said, um, when you join that forum, you'll get this huge, well not huge, but it's a pretty big list of things not to do in that forum. Um, yeah. The whole point of the Joey Sturgis Tones forum now is literally just knowledge. I mean, there's really yeah. no trash then, talking in there. Everyone's actually pretty nice. There's, you know, there might be a couple trolls here and there, but they don't last long. The admins on there will take them out in a heartbeat. Yeah, dude. They got those Nazi admins. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what, that's why I, I like to be part of that because I know I can get a serious answer from that forum. And since everybody knows me, I like to joke around and talk shit. So that's what Chango is good for. Yeah, I mean, you you can actually make some really good or meet really nice people and helpful people, but you could also make some really good connections with people inside the music industry from these forums. I mean, Chango Forum is actually run by Cameron Mizell, who's worked with bands like Palisades, For All Those Sleeping, Woe Is Me, etc., etc. Well, the Joey Sturgis Tones Forum is obviously ran by Joey Sturgis. Um, worked with bands like Asking Alexandria, Devil Wears Prada, and pretty much any band in the metalcore scene he's worked with. Yeah. He's like every uh, every metalcore band. And Cameron Mizell's like every 2000, 2009 metalcore band. <laughs> yeah, so I mean... The way to think of Cameron is, if it sounds like Woe Is Me, it's probably Cameron who mixed and produced yeah. it. Or Memphis Mayfire. Oh, yes. You know, I think that probably Maddie Mullins and Cameron Mizell are going to end up marrying each other someday. <laughs> Dude, I would love to see that. Yeah. No hate on but, Cameron at all, though. I mean, I am a huge fan of... Woe is me, a bullet oh, yeah. for pretty boy Absolutely. for all those sleeping. He's definitely one of my favorite producers. But um yeah, let's get back to me. This is all about me. <laughs> You're right, my bad. I took it the focus away from you. I went to bigger, more well known producers. My bad. <laughs> Dude, I slay. That is true. I mean, your mixes are pretty damn amazing. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, um, what what else you got for me? So, I'm pretty much almost out of questions already. We're hitting around 40 minutes now, which is, you know, a pretty good length podcast. So... Is there anything that you want to plug? I mean, where people could find you on social medias or, you know, if you want to plug your band pages on here, go for it. You're more than welcome to do any plugs that you want to do real quick. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Call It Quits has a show on April 8th. We're going to be playing with um, a couple of other locals. I know um, Scarless is going to be playing um, I guess the headliner is a band called Wise Men, and uh, I don't really remember the other bands, but sorry, sorry guys. But uh, um, On Your Doorstep has a show April 26th, I believe, 
And that show's going to be pretty dope. Divisions is going to be playing that one, and they're, like, one of my favorite bands. So, And um, look out for that Call It Quits record soon, maybe in a couple months. Um, and look out for those On Your Doorstep live stream videos that we do, because we do live stream gaming, and they're, they're always... A oh yeah um if you guys haven't seen one of those live streams from them you are missing out these things are hilarious um i mean i'll when i see that notification from facebook saying on your doorstep is live i kind of just like my heart skips a beat because i know like i'm in for something super hilarious from a bunch of funny dudes <laughs> oh yeah and also um i started Recording. I don't know if I should say it, but I'm gonna say it. Who cares? Um, me and John Meese from On Your Doorstep, and everybody knows I'm from Duke City Sound. Um, me and him have started recording like a pretty super prog um, song. I don't know if we're gonna do an EP or anything like that. We're probably just gonna do a single. But that stuff sounds amazing, and I'm pretty stoked on it. And um, I don't know when that will be released, but that'll be very cool. Well, hey, man, when um, when that thing hits release, you should tell John about the podcast, and hopefully we can get him on, because, I mean, Duke City Sound is a pretty massive, massively local um, recording studio that a lot of local bands do go to, and it'd be awesome to have oh, yeah. him on here. Yeah, that place is one of the funnest places to be at, too. Um, and it's... that's If, if I didn't go to DCS to practice with Call It Quits, I would have never I, I wouldn't have gotten asked to join on your doorstep and then I wouldn't have gotten the chance to be pretty good friends with John Meese and now we're writing music together so it's pretty dope. Oh yeah dude, I love Duke City Um, back when I was in my ba- my old band here um, we played one show there when I was with them and the promoter, Mike Steezy, was actually showing me around the whole studio, like their their ISO booth, their vocal booth. Just amazing, man. Yeah. They got some great stuff over there. Some fun toys. Also, me and John have been working on on some drum samples as well. Um, and I think we used like 16 microphones just for the shells only. So. Yeah, dude, those pictures you post, uh, roll Snapchatted me were just amazing. Seeing how many mics and just like seeing the whole process of what you guys were doing with those. Um, oh yeah, are those posted up on your social media? That way people can go check that out. Cause I mean, those pictures, like once other producers see what you're doing with them, they're gonna be lining up to buy these samples. Oh yeah, well I have, I think I posted them in a couple forums. I don't think I've actually posted it on my personal Facebook. But I kind of don't want to talk about that, too, because it's like 16 microphones, and um, there's so many different dynamics for each hit of each drum. So it's definitely going to take quite a bit of programming and quite a bit of just getting the product finalized. But I can tell you that it sounds massive, though. Uh, dude, I bet. I'm, I'm super excited to um, hear those samples. gonna be dope and if any bands want to like shoot me a message trying to get their stuff mixed um you can just email me at, my email is pretty narcissistic but 
I thought I was going to be a rock star, so that's why I made it. But it's called the real Aaron Sepulveda at gmail.com. And that's how you say my last name, Albert. It's Sepulveda. <laughs> but who cares? Most Everybody knows me as Kakashi Moto anyway. Or Kamikaze. To be honest, um, when I was doing the first podcast, and the reason I didn't say your last name is because I knew I'd butcher it. I spent a good 30 minutes listening to this YouTube video on how to pronounce it over and over on a loop, and I still couldn't do it. Man. Well, maybe next time you'll get it right. But Yeah, man. I mean, it's pretty sad because I'm Hispanic, but I'm like the whitest Hispanic you'll ever meet. <laughs> you can say that about a lot of Hispanics these days, though. Times are changing, dude. Times are changing. Yes. We're all American. America. Alrighty, man. Well, I think on that note, we'll be perfect to, you know, cut this off. You got your plugs out. We had a fun time talking. So, for this show, one thing I want to do is always show off uh, my guest work. So, what mix would you want to show us? You know what? I don't want to put my best work. What I think I want to do is put my worst work on here which would be my first solo project I did. Um, and I did it under the stage name of Alex Bamvi, and it's on SoundCloud, and I'll link it to you so you can play it after the episode. Alrighty. Well, on that note, guys, thank you for listening to the Locals Only Bruh podcast. Um, if you're a local band or producer, doesn't matter where you're from, as long as you're local, uh, send us an email over at the locals only podcast bruh at gmail.com and we'll get you on the show that way people can uh, get to know you a little bit more give you a little bit of exposure in this in multiple different scenes um so here's aaron's first mix ever or not the first mix ever but what he claimed to be his worst mix ever so here we go